It's Monday, February the 8th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, peaceful protests in Myanmar and South African setback for a vaccine. First, the world in brief. Monks in saffron-coloured robes join tens of thousands of laypeople marching in Yangon, Myanmar's largest city, and elsewhere to protest last week's military coup, which toppled Aung San Suu Kyi as the country's de facto leader. The demonstrations remained largely peaceful. Marchers wore red and flashed three-fingered hand signals to express support for Ms Suu Kyi's National League for Democracy. South Africa halted plans to roll out the COVID-19 vaccine from AstraZeneca and Oxford University, after research showed it does not protect against mild or moderate cases caused by the variant of the coronavirus prevalent there. Whether the vaccine is effective against severe cases remains unknown. Its developers hope to have a modified jab effective against the variant by the autumn. Around 170 people are missing and feared dead after a glacier burst near the source of the Ganges in India's Himalayan region. The deluge caused the dam to collapse, sweeping away perhaps 50 people working at its hydropower station. The waters also inundated villages along two rivers. Similar flooding in 2013 killed nearly 6,000 people. Four protest leaders were arrested in Turkey, pending trial over charges that range from destruction of property to offences linked to terrorism. Demonstrations have recurred since President Recep Tayyip Erdogan made a party comrade rector of the prestigious Bogazici University part of an increasing state encroachment on academic institutions. Haiti's president, Jovenel Moïse, announced the arrest of 20 people whom he accused of plotting to kill him and take over the government. He gave little detail, but said that among them was a judge who is supported by the opposition and who has called on him to step down. America, Joe Biden says, will pursue extreme competition with China. In an interview broadcast on Sunday, the new American president signalled he would not adopt a softer stance than Donald Trump's, while maintaining that such competition need not lead to conflict. Mr Biden added that, in contrast to Mr Trump, he would impose the international rules of the road. China issued rules aimed at taking on tech monopolies, giving teeth to a draft law from November. The rules forbid, for example, forcing retailers to choose between one digital payment service and another. China is wasting no time in reining in its domestic tech giants, such as Tencent, but especially Jack Ma's Alibaba and its affiliated Ant Group. And Rolls-Royce announced plans to close jet engine factories this summer as part of a cash-saving effort. It is the first time since the 1980s since the company has done so. Airlines pay Rolls for hourly use of its engines. The number of such hours has tumbled in the pandemic. And now, here's today's agenda. Prime problem. Unionization at Amazon. Today, workers at an Amazon warehouse in Alabama can start voting on whether to unionize. If successful, their union will be a first at the e-commerce giant and a rare win for organized labor in the South. America's second largest employer has fought the effort tooth and nail, seeking delays and demanding an in-person poll. Government monitors said the vote must be by mail, with results due in several weeks. Nationwide, just 6.3% of private sector workers belong to unions. Yet, the pandemic has spurred labour activism. It has laid bare and heightened the risk of low-wage factory jobs, from poultry plants to fulfilment centres deemed essential. Over 19,000 Amazon workers have contracted COVID-19, 40 people recently tested positive at the Alabama facility. 
Calls for racial equity are also part of the union pitch, since most employees there are black. Expect Amazon staff elsewhere to either vote closely. Fruits of Peace Trade between Israel and the UAE Today in Abu Dhabi, capital of the United Arab Emirates, bigwig sheikhs will conclude the first ever UAE-Israel investment summit. The conference is a result of the former foe's Abraham Accords peace deal, brokered last year by America. A trickle of trade via third countries now promises to become a gusher. From the UAE to Israel, expect booming shipments of diamonds, precious metals and bulky hydrocarbons, plastics, aluminium, cement and ceramics. Israel has traditionally imported most heavy goods from farther afield, so UAE suppliers have an edge. Israel will export to the UAE lots of sophisticated software and kit for security, healthcare and energy production. Israel's farmers also have much to cheer. Israeli produce in UAE undercuts imports from Europe. Emirati shoppers seem happy with their new suppliers. And the UAE is encouraging local farmers to boost yields by hiring Israeli consultants. Democracy deferred. Somalia's elections. Somalia has not had a direct election since a coup in 1969. Nor has it had much of a government after a civil war in 1991. It held unusual indirect elections in 2017, in which parliamentarians were selected by a group of about 14,000 clan elders. These, in turn, chose the president in a corrupt vote. Democracy activists in Somalia had high hopes that people would be allowed to vote directly in the next presidential contest, which was originally scheduled for 2020. Electoral officials cancelled that plan last year, citing COVID-19 and an ongoing jihadist insurgency in al-Shabaab. Instead, they scheduled another indirect vote for February 8th, the deadline for choosing a new president. But talks collapsed on February 6th between the central government and regional leaders over how to hold the elections, which will leave Somalia without a legitimate government or a plan to get one. Vision Restored SoftBank's Recovery Every entrepreneur has stories from when the going was tough. Early on, the founders of GoPuff, an American food delivery startup in the SoftBank empire, toggled between fake voices on the phone with customers to give the impression of having a larger operation. SoftBank's founder, Sam Masayoshi, may remember that tale as he emerges from a rotten stretch. Last year, soured bets at his $100 billion vision fund, a tech investing vehicle, pushed SoftBank into its worst ever loss. Mr. San's investing reputation all but vanished. But third quarter results for the October-December period, out today, will show tough times receding further. SoftBank expects strong profits owing to a red-hot global tech sector that has juiced the Vision Fund's returns. A big recent success was DoorDash, a food delivery company whose IPO bought the fund a 15 times return on its investment. If the recovery continues, Mr. San will doubtless enjoy telling war stories about the time everything nearly fell apart in 2020. They're back. America's Top Science Conference This year's meeting of the American Association for the Advancement of Science begins on February 8th. Instead of Phoenix, Arizona, as originally planned, it is being held in cyberspace. It acts as a forum both for the presentation of papers and the discussion of policy, and is open to the general public. Senior politicians sometimes come too. Though enthusiasm can be hard to generate in a virtual conference, the mood is likely to be upbeat. 
Many American scientists feel that their concerns are taken more seriously by the incoming administration than the outgoing one. Changes in COVID-19 policy, America's rejoining of the Paris Agreement on Climate Change, promises of money for research into clean energy, and the nomination of one of their own, Eric Lander, a leader of the Human Genome Project to be Joe Biden's chief scientific advisor, are all adding to the mood of optimism. Finally, here's the quote of the day from William Tecumseh Sherman. War is cruelty, and you cannot refine it. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.